turn to John chapter 10. John 10. We'll read verses 14 through 18 and focus on verse 16 this morning. This is the conclusion of a brief series on I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. I believe verse 16 here is a clear statement about the authority, the almightiness of Jesus in his willingness to be fruitful and multiply his church. Starting in verse 14 in John 10. I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will hear my voice and they shall become one flock and with one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down of my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I have received from my Father. If we're going to fulfill the prayer goal of 2000 by 2000, which is not only to send 2,000 our own people into missions, but to win 2,000 people to faith in Jesus Christ by the end of the year 2000. It will be by virtue of the authority and the power of Jesus Christ expressed in verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. They will heed my voice. And so there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Let's, let's clarify some of those terms. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. What fold? Well, in his context, he's referring to the fold of Israel. He's saying, in effect, I have come to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Yes, my focus is upon gathering the, the sheep in Israel. But I have other sheep beyond Israel. Among the nations. So this fold here is the fold of Israel. And he's saying, don't become ingrown. Beyond this fold, I've got other sheep. So he's making very clear that not only Jews will belong to him, but Gentiles too. From all the peoples and tribes and tongues and nations, as he says in his other book, Revelation 5.9. But here's another qualification that he makes clear. Not all Jews, that is, not every sheep in the fold of Israel is, as Paul says, Israel. Look at verse 15. I am the good shepherd and I know my own. And my own know me, implying that there's a difference between sheep and sheep. This is a different image than you have in Matthew 25, where there are sheep and goats. And the sheep are true believers and the goats are not. This is a, this is a picture in which some sheep are true and some are not. Some are Christ's and some are not. Look at verse 3. You'll let your eyes go back up your page or, or on a previous page, depending on which Bible you have. Verse 3 in the middle there, he calls his own sheep 
by name and leads them out. So he's making a, a parting among the sheep, even within Israel. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. Or look at verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. So not all the sheep in the fold of Israel are sheep of Christ, his own. Some are not his own. Some are. And then outside the fold, some are his own. I have other sheep out there, and not all sheep in here are mine. So some in here are his, and some out there are his. Now that raises a question for us. It sounds like Jesus is treating people as sheep before they have even heard about him, or before they have even been called by him. I have other sheep outside this fold. He hasn't gone out there yet. Them I must bring also. So before he brings them, before he ever gets to them, he identifies them as his sheep. How is that? What does that mean? Who are they? The answer is that God has chosen people for his own, both from Israel. Not all Israel is Israel, Paul said. Some are. And he has chosen some people out there to be his sheep. And I must bring those sheep. He says, turn with me to John 17. I want you to see this teaching in several other texts, lest you think that it's isolated or that this verse doesn't mean that. In John 17, Jesus is praying, and he says to his Father in verse 6, I have manifested your name, Father, I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. Thine they were, and you gave them to me. So here's a picture. He's not using sheep right now, but it's the same reality. I have other sheep out there. Who are they? They are thine, Father. They were yours, and now I must go get them. I must bring them, and you will give them to me. That's what you've done with these twelve and these hundred and twenty. I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. That's how they become his sheep. The Father makes them his own, gives them to the Son. Now turn to one other text, chapter 6, verse 37. John 6, verse 37, and you'll see the deepest reason why the sheep come to Christ. They are sheep out there belonging to the Father, and now they come to Christ when he makes them his own. John 6, 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and him who comes to me I will not cast out. So those who come to Jesus come because the Father gives them to Jesus which means that they belong to the Father first. They were sheep first, belonging to the Father. The Father gives them to the Son, and therefore they come to the Son. They are His by design. Then the Father gives them to the Son, and they come 
to the Son. Now, there's a staggering implication of verses like these in John's Gospel. One is an incredible hope that Christ will be fruitful and multiply and that His cause cannot fail. All that the Father gives to me will come. There's a triumphant king talking about how he does evangelism in the world. Christ is the great evangelist. All that the Father gives to me will come. They will come. That's the first great implication. Triumph in world evangelization. Triumph in local evangelism. The sheep who are not of this fold will come. The second implication of this teaching is to humble us mightily, lest we think we can nullify the power of God to finish His purposes. Rather, He nullifies our presumption. It is a fairly widespread presumption. He nullifies our presumption that we could or would ever come to Him on our own. What a presumption in view of teaching like this. Look at verse 27 of John 10. Back to the chapter where we began. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. When they hear it, I know them, and they follow me. Why? Let me ask you this now. Put, put, put it right where you are. Why did you recognize the voice of Jesus when Billy Graham preached? Or when that old pastor preached back in your home church? Or when your mother shared the gospel with you? Why? Tell me why did you recognize the voice of Jesus? What is your answer to that question? Why did you hear the voice of Christ, the King, Jesus, and find it compelling and come? Why? I'll tell you why. It's because you were a sheep. And the sheep recognizes the voice of the shepherd. That's why. There's a startling thing here in these verses. They reveal the presumption of thinking that the final determination of our life lies in our own power. The presumption of thinking that the final determination of the outcome of who inhabits heaven determines is determined by me and all the other me's in the world, not God. That's presumption. And it is nullified in these verses. Let's stay right here and see it a little more clearly in these verses. Look at verse 24. Unbelievers were demanding Jesus to tell them who, who he is. Tell us plainly who you are. And Jesus says in verse 25, and he's reaching the end of his patience, he says, I have already told you. 
and you have not believed. Now, why had they not believed? Why had they not believed? Could they boast that their unbelief was the final, ultimate power of the human will to frustrate the divine designs of the Almighty? We have not believed because we have the same power you do, God, namely, ultimate causality. We are the ultimate origin of decisions in the world. That's why we frustrate your design. Could they answer like that? Is that the answer of Jesus when he said, why did they not believe? He gives his answer in verse 26. It's a devastating answer to pride. You do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. Do not turn that verse around. He does not say, you are not my sheep because you do not believe. Mark that. He says, you want to know why you're not believing in your pride? You think you have ultimately frustrated the designs of Almighty God? You think that you have final say about who gets into heaven and who doesn't? I'll tell you why you don't believe. You are not. Of much. There is the end of the story. So no post left. God Almighty makes his own whom he pleases according to his grace, utterly free, utterly undeserved utterly bartered for or deserved in any way, but according to his soul wisdom. And on the basis of that great, free, sovereign grace, consider the fullness of verse 16 for our hope in evangelism. I have other sheep that are not of this fold, and I must bring them also, and they shall hear my voice they shall become one flock and one shepherd. In other words, I am God Almighty. I will be fruitful. And I will multiply. Now consider several tremendously encouraging things about verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. Christ has a people out there that are not of Bethlehem. They're not already converted. And they will be there. There will always be people inside and outside the church who say that the doctrine of the sovereignty of God over the will of man makes evangelism and world missions meaningless. Unnecessary. And they will be wrong. Always doesn't make it unnecessary, it makes it possible. Nineteen sixty seven, John Alexander, the president of InterVarsity, spoke in Urbana sixty seven where Noel and I were. 
one of the, we remember several things there, but one of the things we remember is he stood up in missionary Pakistan for 20 years before being president of university, and he said, I said in my early days after I finished seminary and began to be a missionary, if I believed in the doctrine of predestination, I'd never be a missionary. Why should anybody want to be a missionary if they believed in the doctrine of predestination? And then he stopped this long silence across the 15,000 students, and he said, today, I say, if I didn't believe in the doctrine of predestination, I could never be a missionary, because I've labored under the heart's conditions not to see the deadness and the coldness and the absolute impossible unresponsiveness of human beings with the gospel in other religions. And if there is no sovereign power to overcome that, I'm staying home. It was a very powerful moment. It lost itself in my mind very deeply as I was struggling with these things over the next three years. There are many motives pressing on in evangelism. One of them is the tremendous hope that God has other sheep out there in Minneapolis, in my neighborhood over there, and among the Kazakhs and Uzbekistan people, many people. You know how Paul was sustained in Corinth? How did Paul maintain courage to keep on evangelizing in Corinth when he was so discouraged? Here's what happened. I'll read you the verse. Acts 18.10. The Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not be silent. For I am with you. No man shall attack you to harm you. For I have many people in this city. Isn't that amazing? That's a quotation of John 10, 16. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. Paul, be strong. Bethlehem, be strong. Keep evangelizing. Keep speaking the word. Take the suffering. Don't let anything stop you. I've got people out there. They will hear my voice. They will come. This is a mighty encouragement to us. Let me give you another verse to encourage you in this. Turn to John 11. I know the hour's late, but we're just going to keep going until we're done. On Communion Sunday, if we just go longer, we'll start later. But we're going to get this packed in here because this is real important. So just relax. We're going to take a few more minutes and finish this off. John chapter 11, verses 51 and 52. Caiaphas, the high priest, has been uh, given a prophecy without knowing it, and John is interpreting the prophecy like this. He did not say this. John says that Caiaphas did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for the nation, and not for the nation only should he die, but to gather into what? The children of God who are scattered abroad. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like John 10, 16? I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them. How? John 10, 11, 52. He died not for the nation only, but to gather into one. Now he doesn't call them sheep. He calls them the children of God. To gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. Christ died to gather into one the lost sheep and the children, which means that world evangelization is as positive as the death of Christ is precious in the eyes of the Father. No more can world evangelization and local evangelism fail in the designs of God than the blood of Jesus was shed in vain. 
I die to gather into one the children of God, the lost sheep who are not yet of this fold. One last one. How do they hear his voice? If the sheep are recognized by responding to the voice of the shepherd when he speaks, how does Jesus speak today so that the shepherd's voice can be heard and the sheep can awaken to the life-giving voice of the shepherd and come and be saved by the blood that was shed for them? Answer, turn one more time to chapter 17. You'll see the answer very plainly. Chapter 17, the prayer again that Jesus is praying to his Father. Verse 20, I do not pray for these only. So here he is talking again about these here and those there. I do not pray for these only, but also for those, and now he doesn't call them children of God, now he doesn't call them sheep that are not of this fold. He has a third designation. He calls them, I pray for those who believe in me through their, that is the disciples, that is your word. There's the answer. How will Minneapolis hear the voice of the shepherd so that the sheep, the children of God, can awaken to the voice and say, that's my shepherd. That's my God. That's my King. I will follow Him. How does that happen? It happens by this preaching on Sunday morning. It happens through radio sermons. It'll happen when Billy Graham comes in June. It happens every day that you open your mouth and bear a faithful witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, let me close by addressing for one moment those of you who are not yet believers in this room. You ask right now, and I hope you are asking, how can I know if I am a sheep? How can I know if I am a child of God? And the answer of Jesus is, do you right now hear the voice of your shepherd? Do you hear God? Speaking through my voice. I'm not God. I'm a sinful preacher. But I am simply opening the word of the shepherd. He has spoken. Do you hear him? Is there something in your heart right now saying, This is really serious. This is weighty. Something is going on here that is bigger than anything I ever imagined needs to go on in my life. And you've got, got it. You? If you're blowing this off, you're in the biggest danger you could ever imagine. But if you're not blowing this off right now, if you're saying, wow, there's an issue at stake here between being the sheep of God and non-sheep of God. There's an issue at stake of whether I'm died for or not died for, whether my sins are covered, whether I'm going to heaven and have eternal life, or whether I'm going to perish. If that is rumbling through your mind right now, you are hearing a shepherd. And he is calling you and he is saying, come to me. I died for everyone who comes to me. 
I receive everyone who comes to me. I give life to everyone who comes to me. You will never perish. No one will ever pluck you out of my hand. And he holds out his hands and he says, Come to me this morning. Believe me, that is not one motion of your body. That is a motion of your soul. Lord, do it. Call your sheep. Call your sheep. You have suffered, some of them, many, many years of resistance. And you do allow that for a season. But now, Lord, close I pray. Gather in the children of God. Gather in the sheep. Now may the, the good shepherd who rose from the dead and who reigns in heaven gather his own through your word. May the Lord make you faithful evangelists. May the Lord give you courage. May the Lord make you bold and unrelenting in your courageous response to him this week as you share the gospel. And all the people say, Amen.